Hey yo, welcome back to the Generators Podcast. Hope you're doing good. Um, yeah, I uh, I'm doing pretty well. Um, had a real good weekend. Enjoyed myself. My lady was in town. Did some dinner. Went out for dinner. Hung out. Watched a movie. Went down the Netflix rabbit hole. And uh, it was a good relaxing weekend. Really, really enjoyed myself. And um, one of my last weekends here in Halifax, quite frankly, as we get ready to wrap the old 22-minute show up for another season. And uh, I've talked about it before, but yeah, it has gone by very, very quickly and then full into stand-up mode for me for a couple of months. So uh, yeah, things just keep on moving, you know? The old T-train just keeps on, keeps on trucking, keeps on going, you know? Is what happens. Um, what else is going on with me in the in the big scheme of things? How are you? Are you good? Good. That's good. That's good to hear. No. Really? No, I didn't know that. Wow. Wow. Well, thanks for thanks for telling me. I appreciate that. Let's. Uh, that works really no, yeah, that makes total sense to me now that you say it. All right, see what I did there? To pretend that I was having a conversation with you. And some of you out there, you played along. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. Don't shake your head. You did. You played along. You're being being loose, being silly. Nothing wrong with it. Absolutely nothing wrong with it. Uh, heading out on tour, of course, the Hunt for Happy Tour starts March 6th in St. John, New Brunswick. Thanks to all the folks that already have your tickets and those of you around the area, please, please, please come out to the show. It's going to be a good time. Um, really enjoying my time on stage right now and uh, really enjoying working on the new stuff. It's been really, really fun. And uh, that is a beautiful venue, the Imperial Theater in St. John. Absolutely beautiful. One of the prettiest venues in the country. So quite an honor to play there and uh, excited to all the folks who are spreading the word out there and uh those who've got their tickets. So, uh, yeah, please come on out to the show. I would love to see you. And, uh, yeah, really excited to get out there. Um, one of my uh, longtime comedy peers and buddy Shane Ogden is opening the show for me in St. John. And uh, Shane and I started stand-up together, well, he was kind of maybe a couple years ahead of me maybe in Calgary. And then I kind of came along, and then Shane moved to New Brunswick and uh, is doing a great job there running a comedy club himself there in, in St. John. And... Um, yeah, done really well, making it quite a scene there in St. John, New Brunswick. So uh, I thought it'd be cool to have him on the show. So he's going to be opening the show on March 6th. So uh, really excited. If you need tickets, you can go to the theater website, Imperial Theater in St. John, or you can go to my website, transcomedy.com, and pick up your tickets there, and for all the other shows as well. So a bunch of shows after that that are kind of in quick succession. Um, heading to uh, Grand Falls, Windsor. Someone made a point to make sure you add that Windsor part, and I will not make that mistake again. I can tell you that much. Grand Falls, Windsor. I'm hitting Gander. I'm going to go to Goose Bay, Labrador, and Labrador City. And uh, then I'm playing Stephenville as well. And then that would uh, wrap up the old, the first portion of the uh, Newfoundland, Labrador portion of the tour. But then I play St. John's later in June. So, uh, I come on back to the rock for that one. So yeah, again, appreciate anybody who's got tickets and been spreading the word and sharing the videos and all the social media. I really, really do appreciate that. It means a lot to me. All right, going to set up this episode of the GP. This is part two with musician and producer Corey Tedford. And 
in this part two, Corey really starts to get into, first of all, what happened with his band Crush. Right now, Corey is in Alan Doyle's band, and they're starting their tour, I think, pretty much now. I think their first few uh, tour, first few tour dates start now. Um, this is February 18th that I'm recording this, so I think they start tonight, I do believe. And uh, they're on the road for quite a while, and there's a brand new album that Alan Doyle has out called uh, Rough Side Out, so they're going to be touring that album for quite a while. And so Corey's in that band playing guitar, doing background uh, vocals and stuff, and he's incredible, incredible musician. But before Corey was in uh, Alan's band, he had a band called Crush that were quite popular with his friend Paul Lamb. And we get into the origins of that band, um, kind of the early success of that band and what it looked like, and then why um, Corey eventually walked away from it and the reasons behind that. And I think you'll find that really, really interesting. Um, and then the other thing that we really get into in this uh, part two is self-care. Because when you are a traveling entertainer, uh, there are many um, pitfalls out there that can uh, steal your health and your happiness if you're not too too careful. And uh, so Corey kind of reveals what his uh, what his um, routine has been with regards to taking care of himself and making sure he's in the right state of mind and uh, being able to just kind of navigate the road in a good way because it can uh, it can take you off course if you're not if you're not careful and I I don't care what if you're a musician if you're a comedian if you're an actor uh, I'm sure people who travel a lot for sales and for whatever I mean it just it's a different way of life, and uh, if you're not careful, you can follow yourself. You find yourself into some pretty bad habits that don't necessarily serve you very well. So uh, we go real deep on that too, which I thought w was really, really interesting, and I appreciated his honesty with regards to that. Um, like I said, I really like learning about people's process, whether it's you know their creative process, uh, how they do their job, their work, or just anything that that um, they do that helps them in any way. You know, kind of what whatever that is. I like when people share that with me so i really appreciate Corey doing that so so this is it this is part two with uh my conversation with mr Corey tedford yeah, that, that's just my experience i don't know maybe for other people it's different but no i understand what you're saying it's like i look at uh you know brian eno's method of mm -hmm. kind of like let's i'm gonna throw a card into this mix and Corey, you're now playing bass and so-and-so is going to play guitar. And it's like, you know, it give, gives artists these exercises that they go, what the fuck's going on here kind yeah. of thing, you know? Yeah. But it changes up the pattern. They are kind of out of their comfort zone a little bit now. And you're going to create something from that. It's going to be – because sometimes I think – it's funny you mentioned that about getting out of the way. This has come up too as well on the podcast before with different people who are in, in the world of like creating in general as, as an art form or as a mm -hmm. profession. Yep. Getting out of the way of it is hard because sometimes you go in with the preset thing as to what this is supposed to be. Yeah. And all of a sudden it comes out very different. Do you, Can you press pause on your ego enough to go, this is what this is? It wasn't what I had intended when I went in. Hmm. Doesn't necessarily mean it's not good. Doesn't necessarily mean it's, it's, it's not. That's what it's supposed to be. Yeah. So can you get out of the way of it enough? And that's hard to do. Ego is the... I was... Um probably a more proficient musician when I was younger. Mm -hmm. uh, but, I, but I'm a better musician now because I'm older and I, I have had enough experience to check my ego more. Right. You know, we all have ego, of course. Uh, that's a, a part of being human. 
it's uh, it presents itself uh, in a grand scale sometimes when people are hiding behind it because of their insecurities. That's been my experience. So uh, e- having an ego is is we always you know talk about it in the negative. I mean it's a it's a very it's a it's it's a fact that we all have this ego. Yeah. You know it's a part of us. Um, but being able to to be grateful enough to be in a position that creativity has presented itself to get out of the way your mind your ego uh you know your thoughts to get out of the way just let it flow uh, is the most beautiful thing that i've personally ever experienced it's the most raw truth for me it's just just the universe just laying itself bare in front of you and i would be remiss to stamp that with my ego right that would be I know better. bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know I know what you mean. mean. I know what you yeah. mean. Well, it's funny. You know, you put something out in the world. You make, I don't know, a joke, stand up, an act, whatever. You write a song, put an album out, whatever. The stuff that you think is like, man, that song or that bit is my best stuff. That's like, I am so proud of that thing. I love it. You put it out in the world and the world is like, eh, it's all right. Yeah. But song seven. Mm. The one that you weren't even sure was going to be on the album and you can, you know, you can yeah. take or leave or whatever. Man, there's something about that thing. Like, people are going to decide anyway. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, and I think it gets back, at least for me, in my experience, um, it gets back to being comfortable with your art for you and doing it for you only. I mean, it's difficult when you make this your living, of course. You, you, you need to have people enjoy it in some way, shape, or form. But I think the truest thing to do as an artist is just present it f- from your perspective. This is for me. I wrote this song because I like it. I like listening to it. I right. like singing it. Or, uh, you know, I tell this joke or I tell, you know, I, I do this because it is for me, first and foremost. And it sounds selfish as hell, mm-hmm. but it is the foundation from which truth can blossom. And I know it sounds like I'm preaching, but it's, it's, that's my experience. Yeah. You know, just, yeah. I totally agree. And I think it, it does touch back to what we talked about earlier about like just, that's the vulnerability of like, I, I like that. And so I'm going to put that out in the world. And I don't really care to a certain degree. To a certain degree. <laughs> I still would like that you like it, but yeah. it's like, you know, it's like preparing a meal. Like I, I worked really hard on this and I, I think this dish is really good. I hope, I've invited you in and I hope you enjoy it as well. And yeah. if you don't, that disappoints me, but I'm still quite proud of it. There's that. And my belly's full. <laughs> <laughs> and I ate my share already, yeah, so I'm, I'm good either we're way. We're good, yeah. Um, so now, you were in a band, sir, a little band called Crush. A little band, yeah, my good buddy Paul Lamb. Um, how does that come about? When Take us back to the beginnings of that band. Okay. So I was living in St. John's, um, and I had released a solo record, October 16th, 1999. That record was called Grace. I can't believe it's over 20 years. Crazy. Holy crap. Um, and I was invited to be uh, uh, one of four singer-songwriters to do a tour around Atlantic Canada called The Main Event. And it was myself, Ian James, Dave Carmichael, and, and Paul Lamb, my buddy. <coughs> Excuse me. So we, we had done a bunch of tours and played a couple of summer festivals. And uh, so it would have been the spring of 2000 where Paul and I said, you know what? We're having a lot of fun hanging out and doing this thing. 
why don't we write some songs, see what happens? So Mel and I, my then girlfriend, now wife, hopped on the ferry with all our crap and moved to Halifax, man. Yeah. That was it. We got up here on the 15th of June, 2000. Crazy. Yeah. Paul and I started writing songs, started doing some demos, and and uh, we were working with the uh, management company, Sonic Entertainment, uh, Louis Thomas, and uh, and uh, and his uh, his partner, Wendy Phillips at the time. They uh, were, the four of us were, were brainstorming, okay, what, what are we going to do here? So we uh, got a producer, went in the studio, recorded our first record. We released it on the 21st of August, 2001. Bit of a date nerd. Sorry about that, folks. <laughs> no, it's amazing that you can remember that <laughs> stuff. I'm like, I don't, I don't remember any dates of anything. I know when Christmas is and my birthday every year. Smart that's what man. I know. Well, that's really all. New Year's Day. I mean, that's it. I got those three things, and if they change, I'm screwed. Yeah, uh, please don't change any of that stuff. <laughs> don't rotate those things. <laughs> yeah. um, so, you, I mean, I, I remember some great, great tracks from that band. Like, you guys, excuse me, uh, um, just some incredible tunes that were like great lyrics, some great riffs as well. Songs that people loved to hear, like they were getting radio play. It was, you know, what were your, I'm assuming your aspirations for that band were like, yeah, we're going to follow this thing. This is something that could, and, and there was a, a level of success that was coming along with it. Like kind of walk me through the journey of that band. I would love to. Uh, I will be as honest about it as I can. I mean, we went into the studio. We had a preconceived idea. Certainly I did of how this band was going to sound. Uh, I was really, my favorite record of all time before uh, Dying Star from Rustin Kelly <laughs> uh, was a self-titled, uh, the only record this band ever put out from uh, Austin, Texas, uh, The Archangels. Mm -hmm. I thought that Crush would initially be a cross between Blue Rodeo and The Archangels, a little Southern rock, a little sort of alt-country. Um, but we went in to do our first record uh, with uh, a producer. Uh, he, he was out of Toronto. And it sort of sort of took on a life of its own. And it was great. You know, I mean, you sort of have to be willing to move with things. But it was, uh, I remember initially hard on my ego because I wasn't very comfortable with, uh, with being open to stuff like I, I am a little later on in my life, you know. Um, it was a, a great learning experience to just be able to let stuff go and let it blossom on its own. It was the first real professional uh, sort of time in my professional career, sorry, where I had to be open to change. And it was, a, and I mean, and I'm grateful for those experiences to this day. But, you know, once you get out of the way, <laughs> again, yeah. of it, uh, that first record was was quite successful, uh, you know. On a if if you want whatever success is, man. Um, <laughs> yeah. To the point where it got us out in front of people, and people were digging the music. It was a fun band to watch, you know. Myself and and and, and Paul, so you have two friends that are hanging out and basically taking the piss out of each other in between songs and and yeah. and playing and singing together, and it was yeah. it was fun, you know. It was, we had Santiago Cerna playing drums and. Uh, Scott McFarland playing bass. It was just, a, you know, four dudes just 
touring around Canada, having fun and not having a clue. That work, you know, yeah. had never been to most of these places. Oh my right. God, we're in Regina. Oh, I love this place. It's flat. Holy shit. Pierogies. Yeah, that's right. Right. Exactly. So, I mean, it was, uh, you know, it was, it was that first record was, uh, there was a lot, a lot of days where my eyes were wide open, like, oh, wow, this is cool. Um, and we had a, a fair amount of radio success. It was a fun time. And, you know, I never want to get in a 15 passenger van and go back and forth the country ever again, but uh, I, we did it enough. But, um, and then we went in and did, it, did the second record, uh, Face, Face in the Crowd. My God, I almost forgot the name of the record. <laughs> it's a long a time ago, dude. While, yeah. uh, so that was released on September 30th, 2003. Look at you. I'm such a geek. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, um, and that, that we had some, some fun with that record as well. Um, it got to a point for me where uh, the music and the band was not representing who I am as an individual and as an artist as much as I initially thought it would. So it was a bit of a compromise uh, musical, musically, but it took me a long time to figure out what, you know, why or what that right. was yeah uh, maybe my influences had changed maybe i just remembered a little more of mm -hmm. what was important to to me as yeah. a you know f from a you know because and you're you're also not the same person you were when you start like we evolve no, as people we evolve, right? correct yeah um and you know, uh, me and my wife were expecting our, f our first child and, uh, and it was getting harder to, to make the decision to go on the road. So my boy, Will, who's now six foot two and towers above me, <laughs> um, uh, he was five months old and I did a six day tour of the arts and culture centers of Newfoundland. And when I finished, we, we flew into St. John's. Uh, this was the band? The band. Okay. And, uh. And Will was waiting for me. But when he saw me coming, coming out, he was looking at me. He was five months old. I could see his little head and his eyes sort of, sort of squint a bit and turn, even at five months old. And I'm like, he doesn't read. He knows he knows me, but he doesn't know what's going on here. Mm. It was at that moment in exactly when I said I need to take a break. Right. Yeah. And that's just my, that was my decision and it was my experience. I know I have friends that can still still made it work when the kids were young and yeah. they could tour and, and, and still be able to, to be home. But personally, because of uh, lingering, lingering thoughts of, I'm not certain that I'm being as fully uh, creative and writing you know, this, the, the, the style of songs that I, that I want. Um, you know, not, I mean, I loved every minute of Crush. Please don't. If you're listening to this, don't, mis <laughs> don't misinterpret anything. Uh, it was a lot of fun, and I loved every minute of it. Uh, but I just had evolved as a songwriter stylistically, where I wasn't certain that, uh, that uh, because Crush was a you know, full-on you know, guitar sort of pop, more, more rock yep. uh, band, and uh, I had just changed a little bit. But, but certainly, personally, uh, once, once that hit me upside the head, I'm like, you know, I, I was completely fine and I had resolved to taking a break. So I looked, I took about 10 years off the road 
Crazy, yeah. Yeah, I wasn't touring. I was playing, you know, a couple of local gigs, but I was working in my studio. Right. Yeah, and doing and, and, and started working music stuff, but also I started working in TV and film as well. Right, yeah, yeah. Doing a bit of composing, but then I got into Foley work, which was so right. much fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Being a Foley artist for a bunch of years in my studio, walking around in different shoes on different different floors and <laughs> smacking and banging stuff and, and yeah, coming yeah. up with the sound, you know. So it's cool. amazing. Yeah. Um, it's interesting that you brought up the road because I feel in my line of work too in stand-up, that is a thing that will, it will ask a lot of questions of you. Yeah. Because being home in your own bed every night, you know, if you have a partner, if you have children, you know, it, it will pull at you and go, well, what, where, where do your priorities lie right now? And there are people who have married both and it's, it's worked successfully for them or it hasn't worked out for them. Yeah. But I often tell new comedians anyway, it's like, you're going to have to negotiate what that's going to be for you. Like, are you going to be the road dog who's on the road 50 weeks a year and, and living out of hotels and suitcases? Or do you want to pick your spots? And of course, the more successful you get, you can kind of pick yeah. your spots a little bit. But when you're trying to make it and, and, and get your name out there and you need to make a certain amount of money just to keep the lights on, yep. it means being away from home a lot. And that's not for everybody. You know, it, it, it will wear the shit out of you after yeah. a period of time. Especially, as I said, if you feel like, man, there are people who really need me on the other end of the country who I've committed to. You know, like yep. that, that's a thing that's a real, yeah, a it's, real it's, struggle for people. It is a, it's a juggling act. At the best of times. Yeah. 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 We can pause for a second. Right? Sure, bud. There we go. Um, yeah, but it, it is. It's a it's a juggling game, and it's it's um, it's one of those situations where people can either handle it or they can't, or they can handle it for a while, and then it's kind of yep. all right. That's enough for me. People have stepped away from it for a decade and said, "Okay, now I'm ready to to do it uh, again." But it is extremely difficult and the other thing is you don't want to get in a situation where you feel you're trapped by it or you i must do this now i've there's no other choice i have to which to me would be the worst situation imaginable where i gotta go do this thing and i don't want to do it but it's kind of it's who i, I am to. now and i gotta yeah you know and there's people find themselves there too right where now you're bitter and angry and all those things yeah and then and, and we have obviously we've seen that many different occasions with artists where they are just doing the gigs for the dough and that is the least creative yeah position to be in yeah i agree i, totally I mean agree. literally when you know you, when you i mean i've i i have ebbed and flowed in and out of jadedness as we call it <laughs> you know <laughs> through the seas of yeah jadedness. through this yeah <laughs> i mean i'm at i'm at a lovely spot at the moment but um but when it really takes a hold of, uh, I mean, I, I've seen it mostly uh, in artists where they're playing gigs just for the dough. Whatever happened, you know, I mean, artists in the, in the 70s and 80s often got hosed by management and yeah. record labels and stuff. So they're, so they're now in a, in a place where they're getting on and they, but they, in, in, in age, but still have to tour and that can be soul-wrenching, I'm sure. Now, there are people that still love to play, you know, just love to do it. Yeah. And, I, and I, th I think it's beautiful. I mean, you know, I mean, I play with a, <laughs> I play with a dude now, my boss, who just loves the concert. He can't wait for the concert. Can't wait for the concert. Loves <laughs> it. And it's infectious. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, 
I mean, God love me. He's got way more energy than I got when I, f for the concert. Oftentimes, I'll sort of, you know, I could be having a slow day and drag my ass on stage. But I guarantee you, when when the, when the downbeat hits, like you sort of can't help but go. All right, here we, we go. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So there yeah. are. I mean, there's many um, people that's you know that that play and have been playing for years that just you know really enjoy it. But but then there are people that. Uh, you know, get up on stage and uh, they have to yeah. financially or out of an obligation to some contract. And I find that very difficult to look at. Yeah, you can you can almost sense it too a little bit. I taste like. it, man. Yeah. You can it's, taste it's, it's, it's just yes. permeating out of every pore. Like, <laughs> that guy doesn't want to be here. Yeah, like, yeah, the but I uh, got these dates on the calendar and, uh, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah, um, yeah it's, it's a very... Uh, it's, I guess it comes back to, to also quieting the noise and being true to yourself because we do evolve and we do change. And the thing that you got off on a year ago might not necessarily be the same thing you're going to get off on in 12 months time. And yep. maybe, you know, I know for myself as a standup, it was like, yeah, the first time you go on the road, I'm sure the same thing for you guys and crush we're on the road and it's hotels and yep. people coming to gigs and that adrenaline, it's all new, mm -hmm. you know, even that as wild as that sounds for people who don't do this for a living even that after a while it becomes ho home and it becomes another hotel. And I got to pack a bag again and I got a, another trip to the airport and now the flight's delayed or whatever. Like there People are perceive what we do, the traveling touring as uh, to be far more glamorous than it actually is. Yes. Um, and getting back to just laying stuff on the table and being a little more truthful. <laughs> <laughs> it can be uh, draining, you know, I am not, you know, my late twenties. Uh, I'm just, I'm just in early thirties now. <clears throat> um, <laughs> that was a joke, folks. Um, I'm not very good at jokes. Um, so it's, you know, it's, it can get to be a, a, a drag. So if if that hour and a half to two hours that you're on stage, if you're not digging that, the rest of the shit's not going to make it fun. No, you're right. It's time to pack it in. Yeah. yeah. Do you have any? Uh, any things that you do on the road that you kind of use to keep you on the right side of things, to kind of keep you regulated, keep you energized, and keep you in the right frame of mind? What are some things you go like, these are musts for me when I'm on the road for an extended time? Big time. Uh, and I've just come up with a new one for this particular year because we're going to be touring heavy with Alan Doyle soon, heading out on February 18th uh, for a new album tour. Yeah. So, um, rough side out, right? Rough side out. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. Yeah. The new tunes are fun. I really enjoy playing the new stuff we've been rehearsing. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's the, the newer, the newer uh, songs, uh, selfishly, personally, are, are sort of more in my wheelhouse as a, as a guitar player. I'm really having fun. Not that I yep. don't have fun with the old stuff, but the new stuff, there's a, there's a new, we get little, little, extra spring in our step shall we oh, say as nice. a band so i'm looking forward to getting out and, and seeing how that sort of translates to to everybody yeah but but yes personally i mean i i i have main tried to maintain physical fitness throughout my adult life sort of stumbled into it um January fourth, two thousand one. <laughs> oh God! More dates. Why do I Amazing. Do that? I no one's understand. known as many dates on this podcast as you, as sir. As me, yeah. Well, Amazing. Could be, it could be all bullshit. Who's kidding here? I mean, I could be just pulling it out. February eighth, twenty twenty. Corey yeah. Tedford yes, drops right. the most dates of any <laughs> other guest on the podcast. Write oh, that down. Oh God, yeah. Well, he can do something, anyways. I guess this, yeah. Historian. 
but uh, so as an adult, I I, uh, I got into trying to to maintain physical fitness and and uh, still loves you know sports and so I I'm I'm when I'm on the road, I actually get in more of a routine than I do even when I'm home. Uh, but uh, my new routine will be uh, every morning I wake up. And before I even get out of the bunk, I will do three rounds of um, a Wim Hof breathing method. Uh, go search that up on the old internet. You'll find four it. Seconds, four seconds, four seconds, four seconds. Is that the one? With no. The so it's uh, 30 quick deep breaths in you expel all of your air and hold it for you know you'll know when you have to breathe in <laughs> uh, and then you breathe fully in and hold that for anywhere from 10 to 15 seconds and breathe out and start the process again and okay. I you can do three sometimes I do five if I have the time oh, oh wow and it is uh, I find it personally beautiful cleansing clearing uh, but it has a, apparently it has a lot of uh, health benefits as mm -hmm. well. You know, uh, research that up uh, on your own. Uh, I won't. I won't bore everybody with that. And then I'll get up and I'll have uh, while the coffee is making. I'll have uh, a little bit of vitamin D and I'll have two spoonfuls of uh, apple cider vinegar in water. Uh, and then I'll have coffee. I'll have a big thing of water. And then I'll uh, I'll plan either a, a run and or yoga and or uh, uh, bands or weights depending on wherever we are yeah. but certainly physical fitness because there's no possible way to be able to tour anymore at my age if you don't maintain any type of mental and physical clarity yeah and hopefully that will turn into spiritual clarity yeah yeah <laughs> Get a little deeper yeah you know what i mean yeah i i totally agree i think those survival techniques are are crucial. I started meditating a bunch of years ago. Good man. So I try to make that part of my daily routine, whether I'm traveling or not. Yep. Same thing with exercise. Water intake, I've realized as mm -hmm. well, is like, you know, when you're having a rough day, I don't know if enough people realize this. If you're having a rough day or you feel sluggish, it's like, ask yourself, when was the last time you had yeah, a glass, glass of water? water. Just yeah. ask yourself, like, dehydration. Oh, Jesus, that was six o'clock last night. I had a glass of water. It's like, yeah, there's yeah. a reason why you're moody and there's a reason why you feel tired and sluggish. Yeah. So it's just those self care things that I yeah. think sometimes you can kind of lose sight of, especially when you're busy and you're on the road and whatever. And you can quickly make up stories. Well, I can't do that because we're on the bus or yeah. can't do that because we don't get in until seven. It's yeah. like, you have to plan out, like, what time do we get in? Mm -hmm. All right, well, that means I'm going to have to try and squeeze in whatever. It takes a bit of forethought. Have to, you know, and even if it's, you know, I have, I'm an extreme person, so I take on a task. And all I'm, I'm all in. I'm an all in dude. Um, and, um, but I'm really, as of late, the last year or so, trying to find a balance of, especially physical fitness, because I really got into um, triathlon and right. I got in hard when I was off the road. Yep. And that's difficult to get out of. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's difficult to let the mindset go of, I have to go for a three-hour run on Sunday. Right. But that's stupid. You can't yeah. do that when you're on the road. There's no way to peak for a three-hour run, then peak for a show. Yeah. Right? It's impossible. Yeah. Um, so that, that's a struggle uh, for me is to, to, to say that if I go for a 45-minute walk um, in a new town that I've never seen before, that's as good or probably better for me than doing crazy stuff, you yeah. know what I mean? Oh, to walk, yoga, bit of yoga, a bit of walking. People tend to feel that if you, you know, if you, if you partake 
uh, in some type of uh, physical endeavor, physical activity. I mean, you have to, you know, you have to be a bodybuilder if you're going to lift weights, or you have to be a pro triathlete if you're going to do triathlon. I mean, you don't need to do anything. Yeah. I mean, you can go for three times a week, get out for 20 minutes and walk, and and talk to me in a month. See what happens. Yeah. The clarity, the 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 that 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 brings alone getting yeah. outside you yeah. know i think to it, it you know it's that openness again right of like well what is what are the circumstances i'm dealt in the next 24 hours yeah man what can i be open to like well you're not going to get that gym workout in or you're not going to whatever what can i we're, where's our hotel our hotel is down on this waterfront area like you're going to go down the waterfront and go for a good stroll or yeah, maybe that's where your jog's going to be, but it's like being able to kind of roll with what the scenario presents, you yeah, know, is, is important. Yeah. It's yeah. like, okay, well that's what's going to happen today because you can quickly go the other way and go, well, nah. there was no gym in the hotel. So no, I couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. So, you know, so, like it's just yeah. bullshitting so, yourself all the so time. So I went in the back lounge and I ate a bag of chips. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Sometimes you got to do that too, people. Well, you know, you gotta, <laughs> buddy, <laughs> I'll tell you many a night, my supper was out of a vending machine. I'll tell yeah, you that man. much right now. You're yeah. in a small town and you, get back to the hotel or motel and yep. finish the gig. And it's like, Oh no, my love, the restaurant's closed. You're like, oh, God, there's nothing in town open. Yep. It's like, Oh, Henry Barn, bag of sour cream and onion chips. Thank you very much. <laughs> 11 o'clock night, night. The universe <laughs> will give you whatever it is you need. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, when will I learn in this small town that stuff closes early? I yeah, need yeah. To, that's on me. That's not on the town. That's on me to know better. Alan Doyle is the master of always having food after the gig. Really? Oh, my God. Sometimes I get on the bus and I'm like, God, I'm starving and I haven't eaten for a long time. Well, what's open? Well, nothing is open. Doyle will come out after changing into his, you know, bus attire, opened fridge, and he had gone out, got something in the day, fired it in there, and ready to go for him. Smart. Smart man. See? Smart man. Bit of Smart forethought. Yeah. Bit of forethought. You know, it's amazing what it can do. It's amazing what it can do. It's amazing what 30 years of touring uh, Canada you learned. and the U.S. Well, you know, it's funny, but... It, you know, some people do not learn those lessons and some people don't mm. learn that that self-care thing is important. And, you know, when I first started stand up, it was a party every night. Right. It was like that's Monday the... to Sunday. Didn't matter what night of the week. Yeah. The party's on. And as you get older, you realize, like, oh, those people usually don't end up, uh, you know, lasting a long time like that will that will manifest itself in a number of ways. And I realized I started being around other performers. who was like, oh, that guy doesn't party every single night actually he's in bed early because he's feeling a little tired and he's taking care of his body and whatever and i was like and that guy's been doing it for 30 years yeah oh I that's where the yeah that's where longevity comes from yeah if when i was young and i was touring uh my first major touring was uh played guitar with dabna doyle uh early on in her career yeah so i was a kid man like you know 25 maybe and touring the country and every night was a just light it up tired yeah tired okay up. show is show is over yeah here we go tomorrow's a new day and, and even at 25 i remember waking up many a day going what am i doing what is this this is stupid yeah. But again, you know, roll around, you know, we're all young and, you know, you can recover. Yeah. If I tried to do any of that oh, now, God. you know, I mean, we were talking earlier. I mean, I personally have taken a break from alcohol since here's another date for you folks. August 27th, <laughs> 2019. 2019. Right. So if you're keeping a, track back there, folks, if you've got a pen and paper out now and you're, you're writing, writing all these dates, 
There'll be a quiz. Yes, you can Google all this stuff, by the way. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I've just, again, my way is not the way, it is a way, getting back to old Bruce Lee. Um, it's, it's just something I, I have I've felt that I've needed to do for a little bit. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just, I have no real plans, you know. Yep. I, it's never, ever a, a massive drinker. But if we were going out, we were going out all night, you know. So it was going yeah. at it. Just needed to take a little break, and the the road is best for me when I'm the healthiest, because it's not a healthy place. No, you know we're firing off down the road in a tube with you know a bunch of uh, your other closest dearest friends. You're it's glamping really. Who's kidding who? Yeah, true. So you know, and you don't get the greatest sleep uh, on a tour bus. Um, you know, that's that's why I definitely have a nap during the middle of the afternoon after soundcheck. <laughs> <laughs> Shut her down for yeah. a bit here, yeah. Yeah, we always say, and now the old men nap. <laughs> <laughs> right. This is so glamorous. What do we do now? Do yeah, we party? We, yeah, uh, yeah. Keep it down. We're yeah. uh, shutting it down here. Everybody for shut up for yeah. a half hour at least. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's so true. But yeah, the the on the road, to be the most creative and open to what's happening during the show, you have to be of clear mind and of healthy body for sure i agree i think you get to a point too and i've done this i would call it somewhat of a uh for the last year or two i almost call it almost a self audit Mm. where i start going things places and people and i'm like do these all of these things still serve me you know, and at one time they did clearly. I mean, the whatever, and you you change as a person, or your life is different, whatever. And you have to sit back and press pause and go like, start widening the lens a little bit and questioning why do I do that thing? Yeah. You know, why and why is it automatic? Why is it just default wiring? Mm. And these people are are these are these the people I should be hanging out with and talk like? Do you know what I mean? Like you get I don't know if that's being it's middle age if people so i'm sure some folks go through it's much sooner maybe some folks never find it but that's where i've been the last number of years is kind of like you question everything again you put everything under a microscope yeah i i don't know if i'm getting old i don't care whatever i just can't i i, I find social settings um sometimes emotionally draining obviously depending on obviously there are social situations I find myself in where I get energy from them mm-hmm. conversations that are meaningful and, and yeah. or funny or it doesn't have to be about you know uh, you know space or the universe or, or you know where we all came from it, you know, it doesn't have to be <laughs> that deep yeah. could be about do you like this particular coffee have you tried that whatever it is yeah um, but like I said on the flip side of that um, I can't be in situations anymore uh, where it's physically draining. Now, I'll be in service to whoever I'm talking to. If someone needs to talk to me about something uh, and I feel that it's helping that person have a conversation, then great. But uh, I just can't do that as much as I used to. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Just being brutally honest. Yeah. Um, it's that. and I guess it comes down to if I feel someone has an agenda to they're talking to me out of an agenda as opposed to just being real and open and honest yeah. and, and having humanity, 
I, I, f I find myself uh, um, curious as to why this conversation is happening. Yeah. That's just, that's, I'm being honest, I suppose. No, I think you're right. I think, too, is performers, are, I think our antenna is fine-tuned mm. to pick up on that stuff as well. Yeah. And so you're very aware of it when it's happening. Yeah. And because the job is somewhat, we're very public. Yes. There's so much of your energy that's going out to people and there's this and you're dealing with crews and whatever. And you're talking to, you know, people who come to shows and stuff. And all that I take as part of the job. Mm -hmm. So then in my own personal life, yeah. when I don't have to, to, to give all that out, I go like, I need something for me. I, I need to yeah. just preserve, you know, for my own mental health and well-being. So um, I, I totally understand that. All right, sir. Go ahead. I was going to say, do you find that people just assume that you're always going to be funny for them and, yeah. and, and telling cracking jokes yeah. all the time and yeah. making them laugh? And they, they expect that that person they see on stage or on camera is that person off stage. And yeah, and I can be that person too. Yeah. But before I used to feel a pressure to still be that person, whereas right. now I go, whatever it is, it is. Yeah. In the moment, if yeah, yeah. I feel like saying something funny, I don't feel a need to, oh, you want to see that guy, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like you, are you going to sing every answer to every question? Correct. <laughs> you know yeah. I mean? No. It's like, no. It's like, yeah, he's doing it. <laughs> Carol, he's doing yeah. the thing. Everyone's going to come on. Like, yeah. you know, and, and you used to feel that pressure. I did feel that pressure to be that thing. And I went, no, I, I just want to be me, man. I just want to. And if that's good for you, great. Great. And if that's not if great not, for you. Sorry. Sorry. That's sorry also about fine. that. But that's, that's yeah. just, it, it is. This is, yeah. So I am. And I, I don't want to have to turn it on because you have an expectation that I, I'm going to be that guy. I just did an hour and 15 of that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I don't. The other thing is I realized I don't need to be the center of attention because, you know, we perform for a living. It's like yeah. I'm on an elevated stage. I'm the only one who gets to have my voice amplified. I'm in spotlights while the rest of you are in the dark. I know. How much more attention can someone get? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean? I'm done. I'm full. I'm full. I'm, I'm full good. Now. Someone else tell a story. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like I yeah. don't need yeah. to walk into a room and it's like, okay, now it's more you. It's like, no, no, you've had enough of me. Have you, enough you, of me. You, you must be sick of me by now. I'm sick of me. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, clearly yeah. you must be sick of me. So that's the way I look at it, right? It's like. You know, all things in uh, moderation, including moderation. Including moderation. Session, right? yeah. uh, we, we will end on this question, sir. It's been a fantastic conversation. Um, I've asked this question to most of the guests on the podcast, and I find the, the answer is always quite interesting. Okay. I will pose the question. Do not feel a need to rush your response. Okay. Feel, you can give it some thought. What is the biggest misperception that people would have about you, Corey Tetford, and then what is the actual truth with regards to that? It's a serious pregnant pause. <laughs> Quite a dramatic effect. I probably could have answered this quicker and less truthful. When I was younger, <laughs> I don't rightfully know what people tend to think of me anymore. I don't think about it anymore. Mm -hmm. um, but as an artist, I'm wondering if they think 
that I've not concentrated more on my own solo career. <clears throat> Oftentimes I get that question, well, wh how come you haven't done more of your own thing and, and, you know, give, you know. And to be honest, I am not willing to sacrifice what it is I think I may need to sacrifice in order to to perform my own music and that would be all I would do. It doesn't interest me to do that. It doesn't interest me to, to sacrifice anything from a personal standpoint in order to achieve what others may deem as successful. Um, I love being a sideman. I love being a producer. I love mixing records. Um, I love doing a lot of different things. I don't know if I'm even coming close to answering it, but a preconceived idea of me, I have no idea. I don't know what people think of me. And to be honest with you, I don't give a shit. Right. I mean, God love... I'm I'm so grateful people pay attention to some of the stuff I do. I'm grateful that people listen to me sing. I'm grateful that they come out if I'm if I'm doing a show. I'm grateful that I get to play with people like Alan Doyle. Mm -hmm. I, I I'm grateful I get to do it all. But I don't need to do any of it. You know, that that doesn't mar it it's not who I am. It is a part of who I am. Uh so if I can possibly you know, uh, continue to write songs and, and perform and be as honest as I possibly can be to that art and to leaving a body of work that I am proud of when I exit this particular, uh, you know, physical plane. Um, I'm grateful, but I don't need to do it. I d it's not the reason. I don't do it for any reason other than the joy and the love of being in that creative flow like we were talking about earlier. Makes sense. Great answer. Dude, I'm telling you, February 8th, 2020. 2020. I'm telling you, <laughs> it's going down in the annals. It was one of the best conversations ever on this podcast. Oh, well, God love you for, uh, for saying lies. Uh, I'm going to remember this date. February 8th, 2020. 2020. Because I'm a date nerd and you you've displayed that today and uh, we appreciate you sharing that with us it's been amazing it's being truthful man <laughs> <laughs> thanks a lot buddy appreciate it man pleasure awesome good man cheers how was that for a conversation huh that was pretty good for you didn't you enjoy that i learned a few things i'll tell you and uh yeah, it was. It's uh, just a good dude, Corey's. Uh, it's the first time I really had a real conversation with him. We'd met before in passing, and just you know, exchanged pleasantries and whatever, and had a you know small, quick talk or whatever. But then uh, that was the most time I'd ever spent with him. So I, I really, really enjoyed talking to him, and uh, just a humble dude and um, deep, you know. And uh, I really. Uh, I really, really enjoyed that conversation. And like I said, when I first started this concept of doing the podcast, that was the idea behind it was just to have some really good conversations. 
and um, and learn a bunch along the way. And I feel like uh, this uh, this episode and the part one and two checked all those boxes for me. So I was really grateful for that. All right, that's it for this week. Again, don't forget to get your tickets for the Hunt for Happy Tour. Um, also, uh, I got to give a little shout out to all the crew at 22 Minutes. We got nominated for um, the best sketch uh, comedy uh, ensemble, I guess it is. And uh, we got nominated for a Canadian Film Screen Award. So we um, really, really grateful for the nomination. Um, I'm not overly, you know, someone who looks for outside awards and stuff, but I feel like it's a nice shout out to obviously not just us as a cast, but all the all the folks who work behind the scenes so tirelessly uh, on 22 Minutes and their their work is, their faces are rarely ever seen by people at home and uh, they they bust their butts every single week to make sure we have a, a really, really good show and uh, their work does not go unnoticed by uh, the rest of us because it's, um, it's, you know, a lot of people will sit back and you can critique a show and, you know, um, but it's, it's it can be hard work and it's a grind and uh these people show up every single day and and put in an amazing effort and help us produce uh, a great show every single week and so I'm I'm really honored to be part of that team and to uh to have had the run that we've had so far and uh you know 27 years the show has been on the air so it's it's a lot of people who have put uh, a lot of a lot of sweat and effort into uh and then making the show what it is. And uh, so I think nominations like this kind of, if anything, shine a light on uh, all that collective work that's happened over the years and, mm-hmm. of course, for this past season. So, all right, well, that's it for me. Uh, have a fantastic week. As always, thanks so much. Don't forget to rate the podcast and give a review if you can. And uh, you have a fantastic week. And I'll talk to you next week on the GP. Mm-hmm.